Welcome to Back Porch Chats, where we have conversations about hope, grace, and recovery. Our mission is to shape 12-step communities where sponsors and sponsees support each other to move beyond the shame of abuse. We are dedicated to sharing knowledge about the connection between addiction and sexual abuse with people who are struggling to stop their destructive compulsive behavior. Are you ready to embrace freedom from your past trauma? And help others do the same? If so, grab a cup of coffee. And join the conversation on the back porch with Vince and Gina. All right, I'm Vincent, and I'm your host with the Backports Chats, and my lovely co-host is Miss Gina of NowSoberCoach.com, and uh, we've got a really good topic today, but before we get into that topic, we'd like to say to everybody out there in listening land, if you would go to BackportsChats.com and subscribe uh, on our Facebook page, leave comments, and actually also there is a contribute page there. We need some patrons helping us support the, this. So if you can support us in one of those three ways, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, Gina. So um, let's talk a little bit about the topic we have today. You and I are both kind of excited about it. We have some, something that was really um, miraculous, one of those m- miracle kind of things that happened yesterday for us which yeah. brought us, which circled us back around to our original purpose. When we got together, the way this started for us is uh, I'm in the process of writing a book about how to be a sponsor of people who have recovering from chronic childhood abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, all of that sort of stuff. We have seen a pattern where people who've suffered that kind of abuse can be chronic relapsers, and we go on that a little bit. They mm-hmm. because once they get sober for a little while, all of those feelings from that abuse return, and they return to their main way of dealing with it. And and then since then, we got involved with Backports Chats and created that. And we've the purpose of Backports Chats has increased. We do several different things here that we love doing, but that was our original purpose was to produce podcasts around helping people recover from that. Also, in that, you've created NowSoberCoach.com where you are coaching women who are alcoholics who uh, are trying to recover, and we run into that a lot. So yeah. that's kind of your uh, that you want to do is help them many different ways, and you combine. Uh, what I love about that is you can combine many different ways to do that, you know, through a bunch of different techniques. Mm-hmm. We won't go through that, but 12 steps and, and other stuff that you do, uh, approach that you're so good at, your English teaching skills, uh, so, and then we returned um, yesterday to just this core belief, and we had a, a lovely friend of mine who sponsored people. She does a great job of sponsoring everything, had somebody that she was a little, felt like she didn't know what to do. Right, right. And so she con- contacted me and said, can we help? And we agreed that the four of us, her and her sponsee and the four of us would get together and we would deal some stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and everything. But before we do that, I'm talking about this purpose. Can you kind of go over our original purpose a little bit? And, and our original purpose is to help those in recovery move, move beyond the shame of abuse through sharing knowledge about the connection between childhood trauma, sexual abuse, and addiction. And there's a strong um, connection there between the uh, ch- the the trauma and the addiction. In fact, um, I read one article that said that if you want to find a child abuse survivor, go to an AA meeting, right. you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, cause, because they, the person who did the study and, and, um, and wrote this 
understood that there is that connection. They, you know, they, I think that I want to say the number was 80% of people in the rooms are, are survivors of child abuse of one form or another. Well, and we see that also, not just in AA rooms, but in the, um, uh, compulsive eaters. Right. Oh, overeat, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That, this that, person particularly studied the a real, rooms. There's a real connection yeah. between yeah. that. And, um, and then uh, we also see that with people that have cross-cutting, mm-hmm. self-harm. And the ACE quiz, the ACE exam, which is, oh gosh, I forgot about what that is. Um, but it, it it is a quiz that determines, um, it identifies 10 areas of abuse mm-hmm. or 10 areas mm-hmm. of uh, experiences you may have had as a child. And, you know, if you fit in a certain number, you're least likely probably and most likely and to have both an an, an addiction um, because of some of these traumas that are identified on the ACE exam. So and a lot of people within within addictions, I want to say the rooms again, but you know, it doesn't matter what kind of rooms, a lot of people that that deal with that have got high numbers on their ACE scores. So we can probably provide a link to those this ACE test Mm -hmm. and the thing for people to that might want to look that up and see if that can help them. We believe listening to Addiction Recovery Podcast, which that's what we want this to be, right. like ours, fosters the personal growth needed for lasting change and encourages long-term recovery. We, you and I, we speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. We identify with each other's struggles, and we share our experience. So we're not like, that's the purpose of this, is for you and I to be as authentic as we can. We're not right. going to present ourselves as professionals or therapists in the field, whatever. We just two people that have struggled with the trauma mm-hmm. of our childhood. So this whole thing here is just kind of talk about the experience and then how we've been able to, in a non-professional way, help those in the room and, right. um, for me. And then how we kind of develop that some into you wanting to coach people. So that's about that. So we know what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. We got this precious young person just been beat up by life, horribly beat up by childhood bringing and then some decisions and stuff that she's made that came out of, seemed like the good thing to do out of that thing. And uh, she's in that middle age range where it's just quit working for her. Right, right. But, but she has a tough time breaking the shame and the addiction to more than just drugs and outcomes. She was one of those that just definitely related to the chronic relapser. It's right who we want to help somebody because it's so hard because our dynamic is we get better for a little while, we get the drugs and alcohol out of our system for a little while, and then all of these memories of trauma and abuse start returning. And we have no tools in the tool chest to deal with that, to deal with those painful emotions. They're overwhelming. We feel they're going to kill us, and all we know is to run. So what I started with yesterday, and what I do a lot, is um, I'll get somebody early on to write get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. He, people have heard me talk about this quite, quite a bit. It's a wonderful exercise. And on the uh, left-hand side of the paper, we write down everything that alcohol and drinking has cost them and mm-hmm. other stuff. Like in this case, we dealt with relationships right? because so there's a problem with relationships. So we had everything drugs and alcohol cost her. Can you give a few more examples in there to kind of um – our, in case our listeners want to try this at home, you know, on their own, give a few more examples to what their whistle. All right. You're talking about like, well, it, let's say my problem is overeating. Mm-hmm. What does that cost me? Um, self-esteem. Right. Self-esteem, 
health problems, mm-hmm. relationship problems, maybe, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sex, you don't feel like having sex. I, I was 300 pounds or right, nearly. Right, I right, Didn't want to have sex during that time. Physical problems, you don't want to work out. Yeah, okay. right. All right. right. Under, uh, under eating, those that are anorexic, um, you know, not eating has caused them heart physical conditions. problems, heart conditions, dental problems, yep. uh, just, you know, emotional problems, relationship problems. Uh, there seems to be a real, real isolation that goes on. With with all of them. With right, all of right, them. You know, yeah. if you are if you have a gambling addiction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your family knows it's a gambling Same addiction, gambling. you are not going to invite them to the casino with you. You right, know, you're going right. to go on your own and, and hide from your financial problems and problems. all that. Yeah, so yeah, so it, it, it does more. And I want to say that, you know, we in the 12-step rooms, we help people. But a lot of times, I want to say with the, the eating addictions and cutting addictions and mm-hmm. those, that sometimes they just need professional help. So don't think right. that you don't need right. to get that involved. But that doesn't mean that we still can't, ex- from our experience and stroke, uh, strength, cannot help us. Yeah, because right? all of these are, they're, um, the solution is very similar. It's just, you know, they have like for gambling, they, they have gambling groups and, mm-hmm. and the difference between what we do and a lot of times, not always, I mean, I'm, I've not experienced a gambling group, but the different difference between what we do with alcohol and what the gambling group does with gambling is you are in rooms with people who are like you. Right. So the, the conversation is about the last time you gambled and I, lost everything. I don't have a problem with gambling. Yeah. So I'm limited at what that can happen. Right. I'm not a professional in the field, so I can't help them in that area. But I, I have a limited, I don't have that compulsion to gamble. Right. So I can help them with a little bit, but they we really have to time with people to do that. Same right. thing with sex right. addiction. One of the big things I left out is, you know, we. I, actually, I think I kind of came out of this working with my sex addiction, this list thing of people that mm-hmm. were sex addicts and stuff, is we have to list how the, all the problems that the right. problematic relation, what we right. did, the compulsivity around sexual, what that cost us. So, because uh, we, you know, we just live in that demented, delusional world that somehow this has value long after it's had any right. value at all. It's destroying our lives, but we cannot see that. Mm-hmm. So we start off by doing that work and, and what drinking and drugging cost us and it cost us in this particular thing, what the relationships cost us. And it becomes pretty evident that the cost is a lot mm-hmm. and that it's not working anymore. And then we deal on the right-hand side of the page, we put everything that has lasting value. And right. Every now and then there might be something appear on that, but most of the time that side of the page is blank because by the time we get to the place where we got a real serious problem and are seeking help in, in these rooms, there's no lasting value. In other words, we don't have any money in the bank account because we spent all our money. We've got divorces, relationships. A lot of times our parents and our kids aren't no longer talking to yeah, us. They yeah. kicked us out. A lot of us have been in jail. Um, you know, we've got that kind of problem. A lot of us have lost cars, lost houses, lost jobs, can't have a job. Uh, it's cost us self-esteem. It's cost our physical health. And, you know, so the, right. the costs are really right. big. Same thing around relationships. And then there's nothing, you know, we don't have money in a bank account. We, our marriage is not thriving or, you know, all that. There's nothing over there. But then oh, what I like to do is work up the insanity, of what we do in spite of the fact that the left-hand part of the list is, list is full and the right-hand part of the list is empty. Well, wait a minute. Did you talk about the right-hand part of the list? Yes. Uh, I thought I did. I don't recall. Maybe you did, but yeah, go ahead and All right. The right-hand quick. side of the list is blank. 
Yeah. It's empty. There's nothing there. Because they're supposed to write. That's what I don't recall hearing. They're supposed to write what they've gained from alcohol. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. What are the benefits? The benefits. Are, all, right, all right. Sorry. Let me make sure. Clear Clear this up. Excuse me out there in podcast land. My uh, mouth gets ahead of my brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. The left-hand side is everything that has cost me. The right-hand side is everything of lasting benefit that it has brought me. Right. Usually the right-hand side is blank. Mm-hmm. Every now and then we might find something, but generally the right-hand side is blank. Right. By the time we've got there, there's nothing of lasting value. No relationships, no money. I have found something to put on my right hand. I won't necessarily talk about it, but I really had to stretch to get to it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have found something, but one thing, one benefit, and that is the the experience that I've got from drinking um, allows me to connect with other people who, who want to recover and has allowed us to do this podcast. That is the well, one thing I got, but not everyone's going to feel that way. Well, I work with that. While you're here, a lot of people want to put recovery on there. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, by the very fact that we're working a first step, you don't have recovery yet. Right. So right. we're not going to put that in. And that's just my little way of not allowing right. that to go on there. But that is true. Recovery is a permanent benefit that comes out of that mm-hmm. self-discovery, all that sort of helping others. There are some real benefits that does come out of that. But at this stage of the game, you're on the first right. step for a reason. So, no, you don't get to do that. We're just talking about in the world of right, you know, first step. So, but, no, you're right. And we work on that later on. In fact, in the thing that we're going to follow up here in a minute when it gets to be your part and what you do so wonderfully, we'll talk about that right. in a second. All right. So, so there it is. And what I return to... When we face this glaring list of the left-hand side full of stuff and the right-hand side empty, as I say, in spite of this evidence, you have a mind that returns you to drinking over and over and over again. And the problem is not that you've destroyed your life on the left-hand side and that you have nothing of value on the right-hand side. Your problem and what we've got to deal with is the fact that your mind returns you to this destructive behavior over and over and over again. We've got to break this delusion, and this is the first part of that. Right. All right, so we do that thing, and then as soon as we do that, uh, generally in the past, I've gotten into the second step, which came to believe a power greater than themselves can restore its sanity. We've got to ask for help to do something about it you know we've got to break the isolation and the uh, self-sufficiency and ask for help and you know getting the rest of the steps but you do something that i uh yesterday that is you and who you are and it's so wonderful it was good and i'm gonna let you talk about that uh is all right we've got this left-hand side that's destroying us we got the right-hand side no lasting value and then you worked on Limiting beliefs, what we believe about ourselves. I kind of realized early in sobriety that one of the things that I needed to do was to give myself a reason to want to be sober. I I needed to identify all the great things and really focus on that as opposed to, you know, this really sucks that I can't go out on a Saturday night, get drunk party and, you know, have fun. I, I did not want to live in that space of regret For my decision to stop drinking, I wanted to live in a space of hope instead. So um, I had her create a list of things she wants to believe about herself. You know, and I say wants to believe because she may not necessarily believe that. I know I sure sure didn't believe these things about myself. So we put things on the um, new list. 
like um, I, I and, and I don't recall what she put, but things that I would have put on my list was that I was strong, that I was empowered, that I was independent, that I was capable of not drinking, that I, you know, was intelligent and um, <clears throat> that I had a great job. You know, all these things that I wanted, a beautiful house and and good relationships with my children, all these things that I needed to believe about myself. And what was put on the list yesterday was stuff, you know, what you're doing. A lot of what good. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, a lot of what you're saying and good. But but she was putting stuff like, I think is even real basic, um, wanted to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and that's something she, she I wanted. She wanted a job. Yeah. A steady job. Right. A job that you felt good about herself. She wanted a healthy relationship, you know. So right. That, so, so there was that just sometimes just that basic core stuff, mm-hmm. you know. It's important that we believe these things are possible. Otherwise, why bother? And, and but, I was in that place. Why bother? Why Why should I quit drinking? It, you know, I, I'm never going to make anything. I had to get out of that space in order mm-hmm. to make drinking a uh, sobriety success. Yes, yeah. And therein um, lies the um, the real problem in this whole thing. And we're going to talk about that in, in, in a little bit. That's kind of where we're headed um, because I know early on, I didn't. Be, I, I felt uniquely defective. Mm-hmm. I felt broken. I felt unfixable. Unlovable. And there was no, and there was no way that this crap was going to work for me. Yeah, it worked for everybody else in the room, but there mm-hmm. is no way this has been so chronic and so overwhelming and so powerful and so built deep into my core that there was no way that it was really going to happen for me. Right. And, and I remember. This is why connection and stuff is important is I connect with people said, oh, yeah, over and over again. Oh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Do the work. Do the work. Hang in there. Go get professional help. You know, this break in this cycle takes a while, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, that, that process was identifying when I was in the, pro- the cycle, breaking that euphoric recall of breaking myself up and thinking that I'm a victim and I'm un- uniquely defective there in a really screwed up way there's a euphoric recall right and then wanting to lean into the resistance and practice uncomfortable behavior of actually believing this stuff is possible right right and i have to have help that's part of that that help that we talk about in the second step came to believe that a power greater than myself i gotta help help doing that i can't do that by myself there's no amount of discipline or intelligence or whatever i just gotta have that help recognize it and then become willing to do something about it, and then do something about it. Right, right. Well, that was, you know, um, the next step in, and and I, um, the next step in the list of those good good beliefs that you have about yourself is to, you know, first of all, you're not going to believe these things at first. I, I certainly didn't. It takes a while before you come to do that. But if you create that list and keep it handy and refer to it on a regular basis as if it is, it is, you know, has come to pass as if those things that you want to believe, you do believe and then make decisions and act as if that is true. You know, if I want to be a good mom, I'm going to make a decision that would show that I'm a good mom. And so, you know, refer to that list, you're not going to believe it. But when you start acting it, and you start behaving as if it is, not only will you believe it, but it simply is true. I got a good friend of mine that says self-discipline is merely 
remembering what it is we really want, Mm -hmm. really want, and being willing to work towards it. And and so in the light of what you're saying, I've been doing this 27 years, and I still have limiting beliefs about who I am. You see it all the time. Uh I'm still shame-based. I still have limiting beliefs. And I have to catch that all the time and say, oh, that's not who you are anymore, Vince. Right. That's an old definition. The new definition is that I'm smart. That mm-hmm. I'm loving, that I'm kind, that I am a forgiving person, new stuff, not yeah. the old message that I'm stupid, that I'm a piece of shit, <clears throat> that I'm getting too big for my britches, it, all those old stuff. It becomes, when you start acting on it, it becomes evidence that yes. you are. Like, you know, you know, when I first, one of the things I first did, and everyone called me, you know, said I was on that pink cloud, but I first, the first thing I did was said, relapse is not an option. It's not an option. And I lived and made decisions as if it was not an option. And I did not believe it at first. You know, I just knew this idea of the limiting beliefs and how I needed to make decisions and act as if it were true. And now I am at a point where I, 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 Relapse is not an option, and I do believe it's possible. Relapse is not an option. Well, and see, I think that goes back to this whole process that we deal of, you know, uh, demolishing our old beliefs, Mm -hmm. you know, and then building a foundation. If I want to be a good mother, right, I might not know what to do to be a good mother, but I know what I need not to do, which is drink and drug. Right. Well, and you have your role models, too. Right. And you can say, okay, I want to be a good mother. It's on my list. So if I'm a good mother, what would I do? Well, I'm not sure. What would this person do? I've seen her behave as a good mother. What would this person do? And you just use that list to model your actions and make your decisions. And that's what's so important about hanging around people that do that. Mm -hmm. Because in our rooms, we run into people who used to not be a, because of drinking and drugging and other stuff, used to not be a good mother who faced their stuff, did that, made these type decisions we are, and who are now wonderful mothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can see the light in their eyes. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you, because now get to the place, Gina, that we don't believe it. Don't believe what? That we're good. Oh, yeah. That it can happen yeah. for us. And I know you've already talked about that. Talked about hanging around people that want to do that. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, uncreate our, our delusional belief systems about the value that the old behavior have. We talked about remembering when we think about that or get trapped and or triggered to go back in those old behaviors, what we really want. Start acting as if. Start acting as if. Hang around people that want to do it. All right. So that that's good. Before we get on with the thing, there's something very, very important that's coming out for you. I'm so proud of you. This is so wonderful. You have worked so hard to do this. Your NowSoberCoach.com is where you, it's your website and your programming and your coaching that's dedicated to helping women recover from alcoholism. Mm -hmm. You're rolling out a new class, October the 5th, 2021, a new course and so tell us about that. Well, this is um, comes out of a previous podcast we did on self-care. It's called Simply Sober Self-Care, um, a course to help you beat I Need a Drink Thinking. And that comes from the idea that, um, you know, a lot of times I found myself saying, I need a drink. I'm stressed out. I need a drink. I, um, um, I'm angry. I need a drink. It's time to party because it's Friday night. I need a drink. And so uh, one of the things that I learned in research for this is that while we are drinking, and this I didn't really learn, I knew this, 
while we are drinking, we don't take the proper care for ourselves. We don't drink enough water. I drink alcohol instead of water. We don't eat the right foods. We don't exercise. Um, But prior to drinking, we don't know a lot of other things about self-care, like boundaries and spirituality and and, um, forgiveness. And I know I certainly didn't know this stuff. I didn't even think about it until I got sober and started working on this course. So Simply Sober Self-Care is a course to help you to um, learn about self-care in a way you may not have thought about it before. And the great outcome of this is, and the reason I'm doing this is, is these techniques will help you to prevent relapse. When you when you um, come out of a rehab, if you go, I did not go to rehab, but I did a lot of research on rehabs, and all the rehab websites and everything say that you need to practice self-care post-rehab to maintain sobriety and prevent relapse. So I've created this course to take a deep dive into a lot of the techniques and and ideas that come with self-care that will help you maintain your sobriety and to live a better life. You know what I love about that? What? We talked about that is you help people identify their limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and identify the patterns and mm-hmm. come up with new patterns, and then help them make a choice. And there's worksheets, there's information, and um, you're, you use your experience of being a college English professor where you help people journal to recover from childhood trauma. Right. Which, this is pre-recovery everything, but you help people journal to recover from the childhood trauma. So you use that years of experience of writing and dealing with those students to create this course mm-hmm. and help that. And it's it's a wonderful course. So yeah. go to nowsobercoach.com and check it out. Yep. Leave a comment and uh, backportschats.com. And I will put a link to the, um, the course page in right. the description of this podcast. Okay. All right. Thank you, Vince. You're welcome. Learning new things every day with you. Yes, this is a wonderful journey. Yes. Didn't know this was possible. Didn't even know I wanted it. Didn't know God doesn't always give me what I want, but he gives me what I need. Mm -hmm. And what I need that God gives me turns out to be so much better than anything I could have ever wanted. Me too.